What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me, as always... Brandon Whitehead. I know, sometimes I introduce you, I and sometimes I don't, so I, I just gotta keep you on your toes, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? So, uh, we're here, like always, as always, we're weekly show. You know, we're getting pretty consistent with this thing. I think this is show number six, right? Yeah, number six. I mean, we're pretty much pros at this point. Pros. Yep. All day long. Yep. Until we mess up in two seconds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to keep we'll try to keep it a little cleaner than the last time with our mess ups. You guys didn't notice the mess ups last time, but we had a couple that we were uh rolling on the floor laughing about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a couple. So uh uh let's just get right into it. What happened uh this weekend with you, bud? Oh, um well the I kept waiting to see if it was gonna rain, go to the GNCC. And then it looked like it was going to rain on Sunday, and I was like, man. If I remember correctly, you were hoping that it wasn't going to rain, right? Well, I was. Originally? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, and then uh, then I saw the rain coming, and then I watched a little bit of the quad, you know, the quads tore it up really bad on Saturday, get it all dusty, and then I was like, man, if it rains tonight, it's going to be hard packed, slick, silt on Sunday, and I was like, ah, this don't even sound good, so... So we ended up going to Briarcliff uh, MX up in Ohio. Um, really fun motocross park if you haven't been up there. Uh, they have um, a mini track, a C track, and an A track. So um, the A track is pretty um, pretty legit. It has some big, nice big, uh, nice big jumps and uh, butt puckering jumps. Yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> I had a little moment. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I wish my wife would have took a picture of my brother's face because he was watching me. Uh, it was like the second lap around. There was this tabletop, and the way it was designed is a tabletop. But then as the landing is like a really big downhill, so when you hit it in the ramp of this thing, I mean, it was every bit of twelve foot tall. Like no no reason to have a ramp that big, really. <laughs> but anyways, I I hit it, and when I, as soon as I hit it, I was like, oh boy, and I got up there. And I, next thing I know, the landing goes like starts dropping away from me. So like more hang time. <laughs> Let's just say that like my butt was puckered there for a couple <laughs> of seconds. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that was a fun day. Um, got to take the my son Colton up there, and he was riding his P dub because his Cobra's still out, and uh, he was having fun. And my nephew Jonathan, um, he he got out for the first time in like three months. So we were out there playing around, and then Dan the man came, and we were out there. He was out there putting some time in, getting ready for this fast track race coming up. And uh, this is a good weekend. Um, how how'd your weekend go? Well, unfortunately, we did not end up getting to go to the GNCC at all this weekend. I was planning on taking Nolan up there to uh, race in the Stasic race and then watch the quads. But like you said, with the dust and everything, it wouldn't even really been a fun race to watch. <laughs> what could you see? <laughs> yeah, what could you see? <clears throat> um, that track, I raced this particular race last year, and it was dusty. And I raced the AM race, and I remember telling Craig went with me. Uh, he was pitting me that day, and I remember telling him after the race, like, man, I can't imagine like racing these PM guys because the uh, – when we left the track, it was, it was, you know, dug out pretty good. Um, there was, I mean, it was just like, it was, you were pushing dust around with your bumper. It was that deep. And, and then they had to go out after it. And, and I'm, I've heard guys saying that this year was even worse. Um, yeah, dust races like that aren't fun, aren't fun on the, on the rider or, or the bike. Uh, yeah. And we saw that come into full effect this weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, that's pretty much what it was. This weekend was uh, trying to get the bike, the machine to last. Uh, Usually, when you think of a uh, making the bike last race, you're thinking of a mud race. Yeah. But um, these these dust races, uh, a few guys learned the hard way that yeah. we know of. <laughs> yeah, there's. I've talked to a couple of different guys and seen some stuff on Facebook where, unfortunately, they had uh, their motor didn't make it. But a lot of people don't think about preparations for dust because and with this race i was listening to some of the racers talk they wasn't calling it dust they were calling it silt Mm -hmm. and what that is is just a heavy 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 dust is pretty much what it is it's real thick um so that stuff gets in there and lays in in, you know in your radiators and your air filters any kind of lungs in your yeah (laughs) lungs um it gets heavy yeah it's real heavy (laughs) dust and uh Oh man, it'll clog a bike up real fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, going into Saturday, um, you know, there wasn't really much rain uh, forecasted for Saturday, so the ATV guys were definitely prepared for that dust uh, dust bowl, and they were talking, you know, a couple of weeks in advance. I remember Adam McGill was talking on his uh, race report from the previous round that that uh, that he was not looking forward to this coming round because he, you know, there wasn't much rain in the, in the forecast, and uh, he knew how dusty that that track could get and you know um it, it ended up fa- affecting the overall podium for sure yeah um Bryson Neal man he was looking good all day he was riding really good and you thought he was going to pull away and then you know you're watching the race and you see him keep going and you see Walker Fowler pulling in for an air filter and you're like and I don't know if anybody got to really see it if you go back and watch the film when they pulled that seat off they had a pretty good picture and I was like yeah dude two laps that's, yeah that's what it looks like in two <laughs> yeah. laps <laughs> yeah I, I I was texting Lancaster after the race and I, I was talking to him about it and uh, he told me about how his race went and then I said watching from the uh from the racer tv broadcast when they were pulling those by or when they were pulling those air filters off after what 45 50 minutes of riding um those guys were i mean those the, those air filters w- looked rough oh, for, yeah. for just that amount of time i mean that looked like some of the worst air filters that i've ever seen on a full race oh yeah i mean i mean i've had some dusty air filters coming off a bike but that's after like a whole day's worth of riding or racing yeah. no. <laughs> and i know you know it's got to be a struggle for a a racer to pull into the pits take the tabs out of the back of the seat because you know you get, they got those tabs to keep the seats down uh-huh. so they don't fall out pull the seat pull the air filter that's got to be gut-wrenching to, to to pull into pits knowing you're going to have a 50 minute or i'm sorry 50 second to over a minute long uh pit stop when those guys they're used to what 12 10, yeah, say 10, 15 12 seconds, seconds something like at the that. most yeah especially um you can watch the guys, especially the um, well, the quad guys had to go off their bikes too. Um, the, the bikes and the quad guys, they would uh, you could tell they go over, the bike guys were going over to the table, switching their goggles out, getting us a fresh drink, and then they're still coming back. Especially the Kawasaki teams, Ooh, they, they were that having, took a long time. <laughs> they're probably they're probably cussing the uh, manufacturer that day, but uh, I was actually surprised at how long it took them. I didn't realize it would take them that long. I think they have a bolt that goes in the side panel, and I, they couldn't get it lined back up fast oh, enough. I see. And then they have the screw in, mm-hmm. the still screw in type, to where Husqvarna and um, KTM and stuff. They just have that side panel that pops off, and then they just have a clip. They slide it okay. up and it clips on. You throw it back on really fast. Um, those guys, you could tell they were just like, come on, man, come on, come yeah. on, come on, lose some time. That came into, that was probably one of the biggest strategy of the strategies of the race because, you know, 
hole shot and track position, you know, I would say as a, it was at an all-time premium for this race because, um, you know, how hard can you imagine passing? It is passing somebody that is, you know, your speed, not much slower than you, but, you know, when you get, you can't get into that passing range um, to, to be able to make a pass because because of, of the blinding dust. Yeah, um, Walker Fowler in his, uh, on his uh, interview at the, after the race, he actually said he hit, he hit three or four trees out there. Oh, um, I'm sure. <laughs> he, he was he was thinking precision uh, stabilizers and stuff because he said he he clipped so many trees out there. It, you know, with, without that, he probably would have been hurting pretty good. Um, and you watch the race and stuff. There's no way they could see really where they were going, and especially if you're right up on somebody, it that would, that's that's kind of dangerous to be honest. Right, and you know you not you not both know that when you're in that situation, you're following somebody going into the woods, you know, or in the field, even like you kind of lock in on what you can see. And if you can see like that rear bumper you, of the guy in front of you, you kind of almost lock in on that and you're going through trees, not really looking at the terrain because you can't see the terrain. You're just looking at the guy in front of you and hoping that you are, you know, hoping that he's not missing something that you're missing. And then you guys end up both crashing. So it becomes pretty dangerous, and yeah, it's just not a fun race. That, that's how I know I'm getting a little old because uh, back in the day I would have just pinned it and followed followed you right into the dust, you know. But uh, nowadays, I'm especially on the bike. You come into a dust section, you're like, I bet there's ruts here. I bet there's something coming in, and I cannot see him. I do not see, want to hit I, the ground. I would rather I would rather clip a tire on a tree than clip a handlebar on a tree. Yeah, that would that would I mean. <laughs> that would just hurt, you know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah, because <laughs> like, I, I can I can relate to uh, what Walker said on a you know a much slower scale. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to what Walker said about the precision uh, stabilizers because you know there's been a couple times this year that I've uh, you know twisted a steering uh, stock steering stem because the stabilizer has saved me from uh, um, from you know going over the bars or getting the bars ripped out of my hands because i clipped a tree or something yeah i think the most scariest thing is for me is when you're right and you know someone's right in front of you and you can't really see him you're just like man i hope they don't make a big mistake and wreck and then you're going to plow right over them and and then you don't even really think about what about what about the guy behind you you're like oh gosh hopefully he can see me (laughs) (laughs) it's like man so yeah dust dust isn't fun like that heavy of a dust day isn't very fun um but uh, back to the four-wheeler side, um, like I said, Bryson Neal had a great – was running really good, you know, and unfortunately his bike didn't make it, which I don't think he stopped for an air filter. No, he didn't stop for an air filter. He took the lead. He got the whole shot. And then um, I think Walker made a pass That's pretty cool. early. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bryson quickly made another pass again. Um, I don't know if Walker even led a lap right there at the beginning or not. Uh, I think I think he did. I think they said he came around the first time, and I think he's, if I remember right, the mechanic was saying on his interview that Fowler told him that they're going to need to do a swap because he could feel the horsepower losing already on the first on, lap. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you know, I, I was thinking when I saw that um, Bryson Neal did not uh, uh, take an air filter change. I was thinking, you know, maybe he thinks because. He's had more clean air than anybody mm-hmm. um, that he would be able to make that last. Um, and But at the same time, you got to think, like, w- when you see videos of these guys going through the woods and they're hitting those those dust berms so fast, 
you know, you may not be getting the physical dust like in your face, but you're kicking a lot of dust up underneath that seat or that bike and you're creating your own problems um, sometimes more than, than, than the bike in front of you is. Yeah, for sure. Um, just like the announcer, uh, one of the announcers was saying that a quad will, will make 15 times more amount of dust than a bike does. So, you know, cause you got all the, you know, the, the four wheels on the ground and all that. And those bikes are sucking, you know, that's what they're, they're trying to breathe. So yeah. what, whatever there's kicking up underneath, that's what they're breathing. So, right. It, yeah. It's, um, you think that, uh, you hate to see that wind slip out of his hands like that because man, he's been showing so much speed lately and this is just chalked up to another race in the past yeah, I'll shoot two, three months mm-hmm. that is like, oh, should have won, should have yeah. won that one. But, you know, he's really, really coming along with the speed thing and maybe lessons like this that he unfortunately learned the hard way um, are lessons that's going to benefit him in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, Bryson Neal, is, he's, he's on it right now. Hopefully he can carry it into the next two round, the last two rounds of this series. I believe this is – I believe I could be wrong. So if you got, if I'm wrong, don't crucify me. (laughs) I believe this is his third year in the pro row. So, you know, on these, these, um, I feel like the off-road sports are heavily dominated, dominated by veteran, like Mm -hmm. veteran riders. Um, it took Walker a little while before he got, you know, got caught fire and and figured out what to do. And it's funny what moving from the second row to the first row, that learning curve goes because you get these guys you hear it all the time these guys will talk about how um you know oh i finished overall better than a lot of the pro riders but then when i get on the pro row it's a different it's a different story and i don't quite doesn't that doesn't comprehend i don't comprehend that because like it it doesn't make sense to me but there's something there that when you get on that pro row and you are lined up with those guys that it's it's a different race it's uh, I think it's more mental. I think those older guys know how to play some games. Um, like Fowler, he was uh, before the race. They were talking to him a little bit, and he was playing off his injury mm-hmm. and how he wouldn't think he was going to do very well, right? Like, and all this, and it and it comes into a big uh, a big mind game. You know, a lot of these guys, it it doesn't get out there promoted a lot because you know they keep it under. But I I say a lot of those guys play a lot of mind games with oh, each absolutely. other. You know, and um. Uh, it's that's what it is. I really think it's just mind games. And then when you line on that front line, there's more butterflies. It's like, man, I'm in the pro line. I'm in. I'm up here with these guys. You know, I gotta get a whole shot. What I gotta do? And then you start pushing yourself a little harder and a little harder. And and you really don't need to. You just need to go out and ride your pace. So it, it takes you a while to figure it out. You know, um, every time you move up a class, you know, there's always a learning curve a little bit. Right. So um, I think that's what um, they need to. You know. That's that's the biggest thing, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> those uh, um, those the, yeah those guys that that move up they um, they really uh, um, have a learning curve to go through for sure. Um, do you re- it, do you remember the guy that was in XC two in the quad that was like running like fourth overall this year? Yeah, just this race. I can't remember. It was the. Um, um, it's right there. I remember. I can't remember his name, but he was Drew Landers, wasn't it? Yeah, Drew Landers. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. he was running like fourth <clears throat> overall. He's been. He ended up finishing. Uh, let me see here. He ended up finishing seventh overall. 
Um, coming from the second line. Coming from the second line. And and I, he's been doing that consistently a lot this year. Um, um, actually more getting better towards the towards the latter part of the season. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of taken over that championship, uh, that XC2 championship so far, uh, toward, um, coming into closing of the year. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he moves up next year what where he'll be finishing. Person. Yeah, because it was funny because, like, at one part of the race, they were like, if he keeps it up, that uh, um, he was going to knock McGill off the podium because he would have been in the top three overall finish. Yeah. Which yeah. was was be insane to come from – the second line back, yeah. you know. So, yeah, uh, we were just talking about that. And I was like, I rem- you know, someone's coming from this line too. But uh, how well, about McGill? How about McGill? Hey. Just, just a, just, he's just became, just rebirthed his career. He's just a steady podium you, you guy know what now. It, you know what it was, right? It was split line off road and listening to the pod. He has to be one of our listeners because I, I, I think I gave him the juice there back. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You like uh, it was it our very first episode that you called his win. I did down when uh, down in Beckley. Yeah, and I was thinking, man, that's some, that's some wishful thinking because, you know, he I mean, no disrespect to, to him at all, but yeah. like he has been struggling a little bit, and he would be the first to say it. But I mean, it is, dude. It it is the coolest thing to see him back up there in the front and really feeling it, and it looks like he's having fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, about as much fun as you can have last, on that track. Last race, he's probably like still coughing up some dirt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it looks like he's having a good time this year, and I can't wait to see him come out next year. Um, and because you know, judging by some of the videos that he's posted in the recent year or so, you get the sense of, oh man, is he thinking about hanging it up? But like. Right now, these past three races, I guarantee you he's not thinking no. about hanging it up. No, I'd say he's like, I got to carry this over the next last two rounds. Get me through. Stay healthy through the winter. Let's keep chugging at this and yeah. see if I can go get one. He could, I mean, he could walk into ne- – if he keeps this momentum up that he's carrying through this year, you know, I want to see him finish the season out with this same, you know, mm-hmm. uh, podium threat every single weekend. He got. He's got to be walking into 2021 thinking that he is a legit title contender, and he will be if he's on the podium every weekend. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you, when you think of you know McGill right now over the last three to five years, you're thinking he has a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Fowler's won the last six, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so, <clears throat> six yeah, time. Yeah, he just wrapped his up the the six this weekend. So. Um, but he's right there. I mean, he's on his heels. He's he's given him a run for his money to last over the last three to five years, and and um, I think he still has some in the tank. You know, uh, he's shown he still has some in the tank. So yeah, that's for sure. It's got to be the uh, it's got to be the Mountain State Hair Scrambles <laughs> so, every every other what, weekend. I tell you what, those races are tough. Some of those races are pretty tough. You know, there's got to be something too. That the fact that he's getting, he's forcing himself to get that much more race prep. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like, you know, I mean, nobody's ever in his league when he's out there at those races, mm-hmm. but he's still, you know, he's still pacing himself. And I tell you what, there's got to be some kind of skill to be able to to keep your lap times down while you're going through traffic. Um, you know, that, there, that's got to be a learned skill that, that, you know, you have to go into these GNCCs thinking about is the fact of, okay, I'm going to hit lap traffic at, you know, whatever, two laps, three laps, and, and I'm going to um, – I got to approach it this way because, 
you know, you hit these lappers in the wrong place and you might be stuck behind them for a hundred yards before they can pull off. Yeah. But, but if you are skilled, a skilled veteran at that, that, you know, you might be able to, to be able to, um, to, uh, uh, um, figure out where to pass them in better places. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you know, that might be what's helping him out. Maybe he's come, you know, learning how to take, remember how to take different lines and, mm-hmm. and, and try to make the right choices and stuff. And, Honestly, the best thing for anyone that rides is seat time. Yeah. The more seat time you get and the more race prep you get and the more races you run, the better off you're going to be. Like I said, when I ran Mountain State here at Scramble Races, I would run GPs on a Saturday and then come run on Sunday. And when I didn't do the GP before the hair scramble, you know, I could tell a little bit of a difference. So just seat time on the bike and then and, and get in that race mode, you know, you get a little bit more aggressive when you're, you know, racing a race pace is different than out going out and trail riding, you know, everybody, yeah. you know, you, you can't push yourself. No. You can't push yourself by when you're by yourself or just riding around with your buddies, you know, unless you, you know, we really, neither one of us really have the fortune of having close friends that we also race with. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some guys, you know, you'll see like these pros that practice together. And I'm sure that helps, too, because, you know, even when you're just practicing, they want to push the pace and like, you know, kind of, their, you know, their pecking order, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I mean, race, a racer always runs race pace. It's almost, it's it's kind of weird. They, you never really see any kind of racer just like, oh, I'll just go out and just ride around unless <laughs> on a side-by-side drinking <laughs> beer or something exactly exactly <laughs> Every, you know well, always once a racer always a racer but that's what i always say but uh yeah it's uh when you get to practice with fast guys like that all the time and you you get used to that pace and and not to go off the subject but like you hear the supercross guys or the motocross guys going you know they'll miss three or five rounds and they'll come back and be like i'm not in race i'm not i'm not in race shape yeah i've been practicing Right. For the last three months, but right. I'm not in race shape. Right. And there's a big difference. And, you know, you always hear the guys that, that you always ride with the trail ride like, oh, is that all the faster you're going out there? Come right. on, you could do faster right. than that. And then they come and try it, and then they're like, oh, I understand. But uh, Hey, uh, real quick, I made a mistake earlier when I was talking about the XC2, um, XC2 Pro, uh, Pro-Am guy uh, that, that was running so high up. It was actually Drew Landers. I I didn't, want, okay, to, I didn't so, want to tell you wrong, but I was thinking it was. I was just well, agreeing with you. So here's what happened with Drew Landers. He actually ended up finishing second in his class and eighth overall. What happened was um, he was running up there um, battling for that overall podium. So I saw on his Instagram earlier today where he had um, – him and some pro guys had accidentally gotten off the track and uh you know with the dust the way it was they missed a turn or something like that cut back on the track and they cut some of the track out oh okay so they they ended up docking those guys i don't know who else it was but he said it was, he was him and some pro row guys um he ended up losing i believe three minutes is what they docked him Three minutes and a position. So, um, if you look at the overall, he ended up finishing eighth overall um, to uh, Drew Landers, uh, and that's that's an interesting race down the road because Drew Landers um, he kind of dominated the, the the first part of the season, and um, Austin Albany, I, I'm sorry, Austin Abney, he came on hot late, and um, that's kind of 
how that sh shook out Saturday, um, you know, after the uh, penalty he suffered because of cutting the track, which, you know, again, that was no fault of his own. That was just something that happened in the dust. You yeah, you can't get so dusty out there. You lose vision, and then sometimes you lose the track. So. Well, yeah, sometimes, you know, you know how it is, like – the track will cut to the right, but you see a trail that's yeah. cutting to the left. Yeah. And if that ribbon's tore down or something like that, just because that arrow's there, <laughs> you're going so fast. I tell you what, we had Mountain State had a race at King Knob. And I got out there and I was doing good. We got to this mud hole and everybody got stuck and got separated up a little bit. And I got stuck behind a guy and I finally got out of there. And I got to the point of the track when someone blew through the ribbon. Well, the track looked like it went to the right, but it really went back to the left. And I went to, I ended up on some big, some me and like five other guys ended up on some way off the track, man. Were you was, following somebody, or were you, or were you the leader in that one? Well, I, I well, I took off because it was like a long straightaway. I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll game try to put the hammer down. Right, I just, right. I actually caught a guy in front of me, and we got to the top of this ridge, and we're like, oh dude, there's no way this is a track. And then I look behind me, there's like a trail of guys behind me. I'm like, At least you know, it's like, oh, maybe I didn't get passed by anybody. Oh, man, it was, that race was so bad because it happened like three or four times because you know, all those trails up there just right. break oh, off. Oh, no, no, you're exactly right. And so, someone takes through the ribbon and you're just like, oh, man. There's been times, dude, that I have been going down a, you know, a trail at a Mountain State. And by the way, Mountain State, tra Mountain State tracks are marked incredibly oh, yeah. well. <laughs> but I have even, cause it's just like the flow of the, of the trail that you're on. Mm -hmm. I've even almost felt myself wanting to go to where there's a ribbon across the track <laughs> because that's just where it feels right to go. go. And then in, in the, in the actual track cuts over the hill or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's what ended up happening to him. And that was kind of unfortunate, but, um, um, you know, he's definitely showing his speed, yeah. his speed for sure. So, um, so we'll, yeah, it was, um, uh, Albany, Albany. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back, you know, back to the quad podium real quick and then we'll get to the bikes. Um, so you had, uh, Cole Richardson with the win this weekend. I mean, he was digging hard all day and, and stuff and, and Fowler looked good. So you had, you know, you had Richardson and then, uh, Fowler and McGill was your, was your podium for the quads, but give a shout out to Cole Richardson. He was, um, was looking good at his home track here. Yeah, absolutely. Is that his cl the closest track I, to his I'm home? I'm pretty sure. That's okay. They, they said it was pretty much his home track. Okay. So, yeah, because he's from PA. So, yeah, um, um, yeah Coltrane, he did it. And whenever I was watching that race, I saw that, that, that Walker was going into the last lap with the lead. And Cole Richardson was right behind him. And I was like, man – I don't know. I don't think that I don't think that Walker's going to hold him off just because you know we know that Walker's speed has been affected a little bit by the lack of being able to prep over the the, the, tip. the break in the <laughs> the infamous tip. <laughs> he says he has that thing on ice sitting at home, so I don't know if he's going to put it back on or what. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. One can always try, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just take some some chicken wire and, and, right. and wrap his, or you know, wrap his uh, <laughs> hand around that grip. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, it was great to see Cole Richardson up there, and that's what you want to see, man. You want to see the races be interesting mm -hmm. and not knowing who's going to win. And Cole Richardson, he wasn't he wasn't running up at the top the whole race. He had uh, to work his way up a little yeah, bit, he was which. Digging. I think he was back in like seventh at one point. I think sixth or seventh. And I don't know how. I don't know how these guys passed anybody out yeah. there. Well, I, I would say it was like 
Well, Bryson Neal, his bike, unfortunately, right. didn't make it. You know, Fowler was pit strategy. For, yeah, maybe he pitted the next lap uh, to to uh, to get the filter change. Possible because I mean Fowler, you know, he was he was getting filter changes and and I'm sure everybody else was doing it too. So I mean, you know, just played out that way. Right, and I've seen even seen some of these guys that they'll have like a quote unquote pit stop outside of the pro pits, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and you know sometimes. All, all these pit strategies come into play big time, especially when you're talking about long pits like that. Yeah. So shout out to Cole Richardson for taking the win. Walker Fowler uh, with the second overall. And then, you know, no big deal to the sixth championship in a row. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, he said he's – I think he said no he's going to no he put this one with 2020 with the, uh, with the tip of the finger on ice <laughs> and put it right beside of it. I'm pretty sure that's what he Embalm said. Embalm the tip of the finger and mount it <laughs> like in go. a little jar. <laughs> Uh, sixth championship for him, and I'm going to say that <clears throat> number seven might be his hardest fought one yet. Ooh, man, already. we'll talk about that later, yes, though, I say, because we, we we're not gonna we're not going to go too deep into that because um um because we need some material to talk about yeah. over the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said that uh, his goal was at least eight. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. They're going to get harder. I mean, they're not going to get easier. Speaking of championships, on the bike side, Caleb Russell with eight, eight consecutive. Anybody that that, you know, because you you got your Caleb haters out there, <laughs> the guys that oh his dad, you yeah. know, oh he he's able to, you know, Listen, he knows these tracks inside and out. He might know them, but you still got to go just as fast. You know, what I'm saying the, the guts he had to to ride with, you know, this past weekend to 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 get where he's gotten. Is incredible because um, his knee is shot, yeah. absolutely shot. Um, I saw a video on his Instagram. Uh, what was it? Thursday, I believe it was Thursday, of them draining fluid off of his knee nice. and giving him like some, I guess, cortisone shots or whatever in his kneecap. Probably. And uh, um, yeah, that thing's hurting pretty good. <laughs> and you know that uh, I, I told told you about that creek jump that those pros were doing. Mm-hmm. And when they saw the, you know, they videotaped those pros coming through and hitting that creek jump, and it was not a smooth landing. It was like a drop off straight down, like looked to be about an eight foot drop to a flat landing. Nice. And uh, uh, he's the only one that didn't do it. He went around it, yeah, preserving that knee. That's you know, oh, yeah, that's, he's a, those are hard hits. You don't get to where to where he's gotten with just you know speed and balls. You get there with you know smarts and and racecraft and. Uh, um, I think he's going to go down in the. I, I shouldn't say I think he is going to go down in the record books as the greatest all time um, off road dirt bike rider. Yeah, so far, um, I think uh, you know you never know who's going to step up, and Stu Baylor keeps pulling off these <laughs> consecutive wins. You never know what we're going to run into. It's amazing. But, yeah, that dude is. Uh, you know, he played his cards right again. Um, was in the right place at the right time, and. That whole race, though, I didn't think he was going to get it. Yeah. I didn't think there was a chance. No, I mean, he was running back there. and um, He man, was in seventh, too. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that this week the two the two winners would not have, like, been the guy that started first or second? Yeah. I mean, Hole shots are so important, but it, it, this week, you know, you'd have thought they'd been even more important, and they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, uh, you know, pretty much the whole race, you thought Lane Michael had it wrapped up, pulled <sighs> the hole Lane shot, Michael. man. Get you know, I'll give him a shout out. He rode, you know, he ro- was riding really good, and uh, you know, it was g- it was great to see you know the local guy come, you know, getting a hole shot and leading. 
And uh, Speaking of that, I have a little bone to pick with Lane Michael. <laughs> Lane, if you're out there. We know your hometown is not in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he trains. That's BS. <laughs> You're a West Virginia boy, and you better start claiming it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think him and Russell train together. So Yeah, they do. Um, so he's probably like, ah, oh, just whatever. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was good to see him out. And then I hope he's all right because he took a heck of a spill there on pit row. That, that looked ugly. That, I, I'm sure he had a chest protector on underneath. Which, oh, because I bet you knocked the wind out of him. It's probably what saved him, really, because mm-hmm. he hit that pole. When he went down and he caught that pole, it, was, it got like spun him clear around. So, And he wasn't going slow either. So, No. You, you, <laughs> you know as well as I do that those guys, especially if they're not pitting, they are <clears> – they're cranking it down that pit uh, – that pro pit row. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then especially because, you know, he, he knew he had made a mistake and, and lost the lead, and then so he was trying to get it back. And Was he in second when he took that spill? Third. He was in third? Okay. Yes, pretty sure. Yeah, yes. and that goes back to that track being silty and dusty. Mm-hmm. Well, and, if you watch that video, he's coming through, and it's dust. You can't, you, you know, you can't even really see the ground from our standpoint. Not alone let his alone his standpoint. His standpoint. Yeah. And that front wheel just ended up washing right out on him. Yeah. And, of course – of course, he went down right there in the worst spot possible and wrapped his body around that, that pole. Oh, yeah. That didn't give very well. No. But, hey, he got back up and kept He got going. back up, and then, and then the announcers were even saying that, you know, he, uh, um, they were surprised to have seen him charging back up to, um, to Thad and, uh, and Caleb. Yeah. So. I think he ended up fifth overall for the day, which is really good. I mean um, – with everything that would happen, you know, we were. I, I'm pretty. I know he was hoping for that win to hold off and and at least maybe get on the podium at the worst. But you know, after everything going on that day, and you come out with a fifth, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, he did end up finishing fifth overall. Um, let's talk about the fourth place guy overall. Bad. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I, something about that couch, man. Coming off the couch. Coming and- off the couch, <laughs> and he said he was disappointed in his post. Yeah. He said well, he was disappointed. You know, of course he is. Yeah, if, you know, <laughs> guy like him, he knows he's got the speed to run up there. He's been up there. You mm-hmm. know, he's battled for it. He, he expects to be up on the top, top steps. So. Yeah, he doesn't go to a race not expecting to win. Exactly. And um, you know, even coming off of injury, I'm sure that you know he saw what Stu did has been mm-hmm. doing, and he thought, hey, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> he, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't a shoe in for that position either because I believe that I saw him hanging around that seventh, eighth place position there for quite some time in the race. Uh, and then he worked his way up. Yeah, he moved up. I think he moved up pretty fast. I don't know if something happened with a couple guys or something and maybe got around him. But he got back, he got up in there pretty fast, like fifth place. And then he almost was up in the third place spot at one time. And yeah, I think it was fourth and fifth. And then I would like to know. And if I, maybe if I'd have paid a little bit more of attention, I could have figured this out. But I would like to have known how many guys made passes and how many guys actually just did better because of uh, that they had a better pit strategy. Yeah, it was probably hard to tell because with all the dust and and everything, it was hard for even the announcers there. They were trying to peek through and see what was going on. Right. And, and um, but uh, like when Josh Strang, thank goodness that uh, the Kawasaki team. Uh, for him, that the rider before Ashby, I think it was Ash, Ash yes, Ashby, he pulled in, and um, they it took like almost a whole minute to change his air filter and give him gas that first lap, 
it was it, they were I was watching it and I was like oh man and then Strain comes in and they did a little bit better job but it wasn't as good it wasn't as fast as some of the other teams but I know they they don't have the quick the quick change uh, air filter on those bikes so but uh, and the team that does have the quickest uh, air filter changing from what the, uh, what I know they didn't even change yeah uh, their, the Yamaha as far as we know they didn't do an air filter swap that's a huge huge advantage yeah. we're talking like. You know, these guys are talking about how how big of an advantage it is to have a quick fill gas. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're saving, what, 10 seconds there? You're talking about a minute saving um, saving time with uh, with with the air filter changes if you had to use it. Yeah. And the fact that, that um, the Yamahas didn't have to, to change their air filters uh, speaks volumes. And now, honestly, you know, thinking about that, the placement of that air filter – that is, that's a good place for an air filter. I feel it is. It's, it's the highest point on the bike. Um, it's in the front of it, so it's, it's not getting the it's not getting all the dust behind. It, it makes sense for the air filter to be there. It does, but um, it's hard. They're still trying to figure out that geometry of the bike. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. They're, I think they're starting to get it because they're starting to get some wins, and and even on the motocross side, they're they're starting to put it together. But you know, I never liked them because. It made with putting that motor and the air filter up front. If you ever sit on one, it's like your, you know, your legs and stuff are like spread out real far. But um, but it's a it's a really it's for those kind of races. That's great to have it up front there. But it was weird not seeing them take a pit. But I don't know if they were just like we have nothing to lose. We don't have a championship in here. Maybe we'll just go for the win. That's true. That's true to to think about it in that manner. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't even check it because of the, of the you know, it, it it looked like it was just like like a pin, yeah, one pin pull. pin pull and look down. Yeah. yeah. Hey, screw it. Let's just go win this race <laughs> if we can. And that's probably where he made up because he was running seventh, mm-hmm. eighth overall. And, and he made up all that time, um, you know, relatively quickly. So, yeah. uh, you know, shout out to uh, to Stu Baylor. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and just going to say it now that I'm picking him for the re- remaining <laughs> of the season to win. Uh, I know I'm stepping out there on a, you know, <laughs> uh, on, on a small line, but, uh, but I mean, why not? He's, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's hot, you know, he's got, he's got everything going his way right now, but, uh, tell you what, Ben Kelly, I really thought he was going to win oh, this week. Man. And, um, how many times has he finished second this year? I'd have to go back and count, but it's 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 at been least, a lot. At least it's four, been a lot because it wasn't four. just to Stu. It was to it was, was to, to Russell. Yeah. Um, Probably Strang. St- no, I believe because Strang only won one, I correct? Think, yeah, and um, he, uh, I believe Caleb finished second to him. Well, Strang has just been consistent there on the podium the most last of the two year. or three times. It's been it's been Stu it's Baylor. Been Stu. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, but, but it, it's it's time for him to get a win. It is. He um. <laughs> Dude, he was turning fast laps on the track. I was um, I was watching clips and pieces of it, and he was turning some of the fastest laps, yeah. um, hard charging. And I didn't uh, – I don't know if you caught this or not, but I guess he started his bike a little too yes. early on the line. I was going to get to that, yeah. And Which cost him 15 seconds. He held him 15 seconds on the first lap when, he came, when they came through. And I'm pretty sure that – he didn't lose by that, you know, with that 15 seconds, he could win. He could have won. Well, not only 15 seconds, but he also lost positions there too. So you got to think, you know, 15 seconds sitting on the, uh, uh, 15 seconds sitting on the sidelines 
that might cost you a minute on the track because then you're having to try to work to pass people that are slower than you. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, a little bummer for him. I don't. I don't know what happened on the start. You know and what all the funny that, thing so. is? Is uh, <laughs> I'm not going to blame it on him, but Mikey Waynes did the uh, did the announcing this weekend. Um, Ronnie Tomlin had to, I guess, check out after Saturday's race and. Uh, uh, Mikey Waynes did the 10 seconds call, right? <laughs> Which is awesome to see him get a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 10 seconds call normally is, you know, they did 10 seconds and then they say, and then row number one will be off and rolling at your whatever national GNCC. Yeah. And then it's almost like instantaneously the flag goes. That's usually how it times out on that first row. But I was watching and... What he did, uh, what Mikey Waynes did was he just said 10 seconds and then stopped. Oh, uh, gotcha. So maybe, you know, these guys are programmed to hearing that whole thing and then knowing, okay, now I go. Um, maybe that is kind of what threw him off a little bit because he, you know, he just heard the 10 seconds, seconds. and then he actually had to, like, pay attention to the flag and not just kind of <laughs> time it out. Because it seems like it always times out perfect, like right there within one to two to three seconds, seconds. right there after the uh, after Ronnie Tomlin makes his whole announcement. Yeah. So that's interesting to, that, that this is the race that somebody... <laughs> <laughs> someone has a bad... Someone had a uh, false start. Right, yeah. But uh, shout out to Mikey Wins if you're listening, though. The <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, that... Uh, yeah, that could have played a little bit of a factor into it. But Ben Kelly has the speed. He has the speed, and 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 I think more importantly, he has the consistency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's showing consistency for sure. Um, definitely has the speed. Um, you know, with next year with Caleb not racing. Uh, These guys are trying to already establish that pecking order, yeah. and you know, I mean, Stu's, you know, he's, Stu's doing a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, he's of, doing a really good job of, of right establishing now. it. But you know, you're going to get several players back in. Um, you know, Thad's going to come in raring and ready to mm-hmm. go. Um, um, hopefully, 100% healthy uh, next season. Um, Stu's going to come in with a with a, a complete off season on the. Uh, I hope to see him on a Yamaha. I mean, the there's no, it, there's yeah. no shot they don't put him on a Yamaha <laughs> next year. If he won one race, okay, that could have been a fluke. And you know, thank you, Stu, for the win, and maybe see you on your way. But. To have three straight wins, that's not a fluke, and and he's the real deal. And um, um, so I'm sure you're going to see him lining up on a Yamaha. Uh, Strang's going to be back, and hopefully he will be 100% and healthy because he, you know, he's already won one championship before. He knows how to get it done, and uh, he's probably going to think that you know I finished second this year. It's my turn to finish third. So I'm going to say that that you're going to have probably four contenders mm-hmm. like major contenders yeah i think it's going to be like one of those um hard fought battles every week and mm-hmm. week out next year <laughs> with this whole deal and um you know you know that like you said that Duvall, he'll come back strong and then ben kelly's been riding good and Stu baylor you know unfortunately with this sport you have your injuries and you know you're going to lose a couple guys to it but I think there's going to be two guys that stand out next year, and it's going to be a week in, week out, down to the wire, last couple of races, kind of championship. Don't say who yet because we've no, we, we got to save I'm that for, for the previews. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I feel like we should have um, a preview show dedicated to every single sport that we cover. There you go. So we'll do one for the ATVs, um, one for the bikes, um, one for 250 and 450 motocross, um, you know, and so on and so forth. And then even one for ATV motocross. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, so, 
I think we're about wrapped up the GNCC there. I think we're going to head on over to uh, motocross. What do you think? Yep, that sounds good to me. Um, season's over. Season's over. Um, we got to figure out how to uh, to make an hour long podcast without um, without <laughs> uh, you know twenty five to thirty percent of our material. <laughs> we'll just have to bring up some of our old good stories from our racing days. That is how we're going to get the uh, the listeners. That's to, right. <laughs> you got to pump them well, numbers we, up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we got some good stories ready for you guys, but uh, we might have to bring some guests in. Yeah, for oh, we will. <laughs> we, we will for sure. Um, but no, two fifties man, Dylan Ferrando. Shout out to him. Uh, did great. Uh, wrapped up that championship. Um, man, that Yamaha is fast, but uh, he made it look good and. Um, he almost had a couple of big mistakes, which I thought was going to leave the door open for Martin a little bit. Um, but yeah, big shout out to Dylan Fernandez. He, um, uh, you could tell he was pretty emotional about it. I like seeing that. Yeah. I mean, which coming from a different country to come over here and to fit in with all of us Americans. Uh, See, I like <laughs> the guy. A lot of people hate the, hate him from, from the Christian Craig incident. Yeah. And, and well, he's a, he's that kind of rider that, you know, he's gritty. used to bumping. Mm-hmm. He's used to bumping a little bit, mm-hmm. and he's going to do what he has to do to win because this is his job. This is his. This is who he is. It's. The, I mean, it's the only reason why he's even in this country. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, I like the aggression. I love watching him ride, and um, you know, it was definitely an earned victory. I don't think, you know, people that want to talk asterisks on this season, you know, maybe maybe you give it a little bit of a, uh, maybe you give it a little bit of a um, uh not an asterisk, but it's it was a different championship yeah. being nine rounds. But the fact that it was, you know, I think the two best riders ended up winning this championship. Yeah. Um, the and most consistent riders, I yeah. should say as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure Jeremy Martin and, and um, I tell you the way Tomac came the last couple of rounds, he was probably hoping for a 12 round championship because the way he's been riding, but we'll get that here in a second. But, uh, um, yeah, Jeremy Martin, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he, you know, for what he was riding the Honda, a little bit out, out horsepowered and coming through and coming back from his big injury from breaking his back and, and all that. And to come up and to be a title contender, um, big shout out to him. He seems like a really cool guy, really Shocker, he's going to be back on 250s again next year. He is, but not on a Honda. No. Unfortunately, uh, we'll cover that here in a second, too. But um, he already said it's going to be in a different manufacturer. But mm-hmm. he would, mm, it'd be a couple weeks before they release it. And I, I might bet, have some insider information on that. Listen, I, <laughs> I want to put money on it. And, and you might call, I, I have for foresee him being on pro circuit Kawasaki team next year. Oh, man, that was my insider information. Oh, really? Yes. See, <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I may or may not listen to another podcast that gets that actually gets insider information. Listen, I'm just going off from what I would think. Mitch Payton hasn't had a win and hasn't had. I mean, AC won the that you know won last year outdoors, but he has he doesn't have that that caliber of rider right now over at Kawasaki. That's going to get besides Forkner, but he keeps getting hurt all the time. You know, he's kind of looking like an AC can't finish a championship guy. So. He's wanting he's wanting someone to bring home some championships. I'm gonna call you Steve Mathis Jr. <laughs> because because this is because I listened to this podcast this morning and I know that you didn't listen no, to I it. Don't, and um, that's exactly what they were talking there about. They were talking about um, a high probability of Jerry Martin going to Pro Circuit, um, and they were also talking about how it's 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 surprising that it's taken this long 
for this matchup to come together because of their personalities meshing up so well together, Mitch mm-hmm. Payton and Jerry Martin. Right. They're very business-oriented. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mitch, like you said, it's been a while since he's had the guy. Um, I mean, not I shouldn't say a while because he just had a season last <laughs> year. <laughs> but uh, this season, you, you don't really ever go into a season without Mitch Payton, Payton having a championship guy. He had Austin Forkner, but like you said, Austin Forkner just – he's kind of getting a reputation of being injury-prone. And um, um, next year, you know, I'm kind of here for that drama between – you know there's going to be some beef between uh, Forkner and and, and Martin. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Forkner has that that attitude like I'm the best kind of guy like – I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the way he kind of carries himself, which, you know, when you're as fast as him and, you know, through the ranks, through the years, you, you kind of get that, that attitude. You know, it kind of reminds me of Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb kind of has that um, attitude. Yeah. You know. Okay. I don't know what the difference is. I always love Cooper Webb, though. Cooper Webb came through and he was like a punk. Like, you know, yeah. he was like a punk. I just feel like – but I feel like it came naturally to Cooper Webb. I feel like Forkner tries to push that persona on himself uh, more and and tries to uh, tries to be that person rather than just letting it be naturally. And I'm, I'm not into it. I'm not into it with him. So, but I'm 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 super excited to see what Jeremy Martin does next year. And I hope that next year is is his last year yeah. on two fifties. Yeah, I mean, I could be completely wrong, so don't think he's on Kawasaki just D- yet. Oh, dude, if you if you're wrong, then a lot of indi- industry yeah. people are wrong I because mean, I heard guys saying it this morning. I mean, I like how you compared me to in- industry guys because I like that. But dude, <laughs> I, you know what? You know what pisses me off is I came into this podcast thinking that I had some actual industry like deep secrets that that because. I know that I'm probably one of the earlier listeners to that podcast because of the line of work I do. All I do is listen to podcasts. So, um, uh, and then when you came here and dropped that, I'm like, what the hell? Man? <laughs> now, listen, I just, I just watch it really close and, um, I'll, I, I kind of look at the teams and, and see what teams that, well, you know, who needs who, um, Mitch Payton needs somebody. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy Martin just showed the whole world that he, he could have ran. And honestly, I wish he was on Kawasaki this year. Because the horsepower that that Kawasaki's making compared to that Honda, I think it would have matched up really well with Dylan Ferrandez's on that Yamaha. And do you think it would have changed the outcome? I think it would have a little bit. Yeah, Millville. I'm telling you, Jeremy. He had, he, he would have won Millville. Yeah, yeah. I think he would have won Millville. Man, he was riding so. He was. I've. He was riding better than Dylan. Mm-hmm. Just he just didn't have that yeah. extra two horsepower pulling him up the hills. Yeah. And then, you know, not saying that Honda isn't a good bike, and you know, because you know Honda is a very good bike and stuff. But uh, he just, they just, they don't have that horsepower on that 250 like the Yamaha, the bottom end side, anyways. Now, like Paula, that second moto, Martin comes out on a Honda, and it was like, dude, where were you? But then if you listen to him talk, he's like, I wish I would have made that clicker adjustment in the before the first moto because it would have been a little bit different story. But because he was out front, just you know, hauling. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> that'll be a definitely a good change to see him with Mitch, and that's something that you because what Mitch is really known for is is bringing up a um, a rookie or I'm sorry a uh, amateur mm-hmm. and 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 growing somebody. You don't really often see Mitch take somebody that's established and then turn them into. I mean, you might see. 
Do you know of any situations that, that that's happened with Mitch or he's more of the guy that brings them from the amateur ranks? Yeah, I mean, you usually don't see Mitch Payton um, hold guys uh, like unless like Martin Davalos on a 250. I mean, he was with Mitch Payton for a little bit. but I feel like Martin Davalos was never somebody Mitch thought was going to win him a championship, but he was Mitch's way of – I at least got a guy that's going to be there in the top ten. Yeah. You know, I mean, nothing against Martin Davalos, mm-hmm. but he's he wasn't a championship guy, and he'll never be that championship yeah. guy. I don't think even in the four fifties, but um, but he was, and he's he's fast. He's got the speed, and he's consistent. So mm-hmm. I think that's where you know, I mean, maybe when he was younger, Mitch kind of thought that maybe he could win a championship, but I think he kept him on that team as kind of like an insurance policy. Yeah. Um. And then, unfortunately, you know, if you watched the race, you heard the news with Honda, 250, Geico Honda didn't yeah. resign, resign their sponsorship, and unfortunately, and right now, there's like, man, there's like five good Honda riders that aren't don't have a ride right now as of next year. So, what I'm hearing is, is you're going to see the Lawrence brothers under a factory 250 um, tent. Um Jeremy's leaving to go elsewhere. Uh, we're thinking um, pro circuit. What, who you hate seeing it for is is the other guys. Yeah, um, Joe Shimoda. Go, Joe Shimoda and Carson Munford. Yeah. Is that the other one? Yeah. Yep. And, the, you know, you hate seeing it for those guys because they – you know, they, they went into this year thinking, oh, you know, I got, you know, this is my year to learn the system, adapt, and then move forward. Mm-hmm. And now the rug's kind of getting pulled out from underneath them. Yeah. Joe Shimoda actually got on the podium there in the second, on the second moto, which was awesome. Wasn't it, it fitting to seeing, seeing, you know, we've been known, the Honda sweep. you know, well, Geico's leaving for the, um, um, Geico's leaving. We've been we've known that for the past couple of weeks, and then to for Geico to sweep the last moto. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, but you could tell that he was trying to you know put in a job interview out there this weekend. Like, hey, I got the speed, I can I can ride because he was riding every round this year. He was putting you know top tens and then a couple top fives, and now he's on the podium. Um, I think the kids got something, so I'm kind of interesting to see where he ends up. Um, he might even end up under the Kawasaki tent. Um, very possible. Uh, but um, I think Husky is going to is looking for a good couple good riders as well. So um, they got R.J. Hampshire, but uh, I think they need a couple other ones. So hopefully, and then Gas Gas. I'm not sure if Gas Gas is going to have a 250 team or not or not. That they might start out with a 450 at first, and then maybe come and bring in the 250. I think they effort. are going to have a 250 team. So. There's another yeah. – there's some riders there that's going to show up. But uh, How about Jet Lawrence? Yeah, Jet Lawrence with the first overall. I mean, gets his win, first win, first overall of the year. Yeah, I mean, first podium, first right? Podium, yeah. First uh, overall podium. podium. Might, as well, might as well just, you know, make it a win while you're there, right? Exactly. You know, <laughs> dude, he was carrying a lot of speed through that last set of roller uh, – <laughs> That dude was, was just carrying a lot of speed through there. That's just all there is to it. Future of the sport is bright. Yes. It really is. Yes. Like, you you look at these guys in the 250s, and I feel like you can say this almost any year, like, oh, man, wait till these guys get here. Wait till this guy gets here. But, I mean, you got, like, a lot of really young talent coming up and um, guys that uh, are going to be getting in the mix. Like, you're not going to have a shortage of talent for – 
long time. Yeah. I mean, you got like Ryder D coming up. That's you know not even a pro yet, yeah. but Danger but Boy and oh yeah, that's even a little further down the road, right? Yeah. But I mean, these guys are uh, are legit for sure. Um, Which kind of kind of scares me a little bit because all of those 450 guys that don't have rides like privateers and these others, there's not enough factory rides. If you start thinking about, it, there's not enough factory rides for all these 250 guys coming mm-hmm, up that mm-hmm. are really good. Yeah, it's like what are, what's going to happen? The sports either going to have to involve around them and give them some rides. And money's going to have to start coming from somewhere, which kind of gets nerve-wracking a little bit because you're going to start seeing like guys like Dean Wilson that don't get to perform all yeah. the time. He's yeah. going to end up losing his rod, unfortunately. Yeah. You're going to see guys like that that are awesome and great for the sport kind of get pushed to the side. I think what helps people like Dean Wilson, and we're getting off the topic now, but yeah. we'll just roll with it. <laughs> I think what helps with like people like Dean Wilson is is his personality, his social media, and the way he carries himself as somebody that like, you know – um, how many guys finish, you know, top 12 that, that probably have a long line to get their autographs because he's Dean Wilson. Yeah. It's not because he, he's a podium. I, I think it's his grandpa performance. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You gotta love, you gotta love when Dean he does Wilson, that. Dean Wilson, the movie star. I'm, you know. What about like when he, what does those, uh, those bike giveaways? Yeah. That's, bike giveaways. That's, that, awesome that's always too. cool to see. Yeah. So, I mean, you got stuff like that, but we'll, we'll cover more on that maybe on the off season, but um, it's just it just something to think about, man. Like where the sport's going to end up here in, within the next three to five years, because there's these rides are starting to go away. Yeah, you know well, I mean? yeah. Like you said, when we get to the off season, we're going to start digging deeper and getting into silly questions and yeah. and uh, some stuff. some fun stuff, some some crazy predictions. Uh, nobody can predict like crazy stuff like Brandon here. I That's tell right. You that. I tell you, <laughs> you know. But uh, I, I'm, I think I have an addiction. I'm I'm not sure. Addiction to what? <laughs> to, to to addiction to, addiction to predicting. That's oh. right. I, I I watched like I don't miss a race. Like I don't care if it's twelve o'clock at night. I'm watching a race. So uh, it's funny because it seems like uh, at least here in, here in the past few weeks, um, I've always been home uh, and able to watch the races live. And uh, uh, I'll be wanting to text you and be like, oh no, I know he hasn't watched it yet because he's out at Bear Cliff or whatever uh, riding right now. So. Um, um, I'll be like, I'm, I'll, I'll wait. I'll just wait. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> like, you watch the race yet? Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, shush. I'm watching them. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to the four fifties. Yeah. Uh, Zach Osborne, uh, the big story, uh, claims it up, man. Uh, wins his first overall national championship outdoors. Uh, he, he deserves it. He deserves it big time. Wacko Zacho did it. And, there's not a better person in the sport, I think, as far as like a role model to kids, as far as somebody that you look at and, and see like, you know, he the path that he took to get where he's at today is is one of the harder paths to take. He never had it spoon fed to him. He never had, you know, the easy way out. He had to take the hard way most of his career. Yeah, the storyline with him, which is really crazy, is like he was like a Adam Cincerillo and Austin Forker. A Forkner, he was like a pedigree. Mm-hmm. You know, he was supposed to be this top rider, mm-hmm. and then he got to the top, you know, the top of the ranks and couldn't do anything. It was like right. what we were talking about earlier with the GNCC. Yeah. You could do great, and then you get to the top row, and then you're like, oh, shoot. oh wow, what, why, why can't I perform? Yeah. And then he had to go overseas and work his way back over here to make a name for himself. And for being, I think he was what, 31, 32? Yes, 31. 31. Um, 31 years old, winning a national championship, 
you know, a lot of times at 30 years old, everybody's like, oh, you're at your, you're at your very, 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 very peak. end. Yeah. Very yeah. end of your, the end r- of the peak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So for him to come out and have, have some juice for these guys and, and to show, show him what he's got and what he's made of. So, uh, hats off to him. I'm, I'm always a Zach Osborne supporter. Oh, you know. huge supporter of Zach Osborne. I, I will say though, a little bit of a bummer. I wanted to see some waterworks. I wanted to see the emotion and didn't really get it from him. I think he was more. It didn't sink. I don't think it sunk in. uh, Cause like you saw it with Dylan Fernandez, like he was like, he was almost wrecking the bike coming off the track and that was awesome to see. And then, and then I was just a little bit like, come on, Zach, let's see some, some fireworks here. (laughs) But regardless of that, like he well deserved and well, um, you know, well-played season by him, and, and there's no asterisk. He he won this ride yeah. out. Um, whenever people thought that uh, that AC was catching catching fire, uh, Zach comes out and and shuts him down at WW, uh, and that's got to be you know one of his. Uh, I think that's where we like we said. I think when it happened, that that's where you look back and think that's where he won the championship. Is that WW? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it kind of got a little. Uh um, interesting there for a second because AC had the lead and Osborne was kept dropping spots. He was back to sixth and back, you know, fifth and sixth. And you're like, man, if you lose a couple more spots, this could, this could really flip the championship, you know, going in, um, at the last moto. Then of course AC has his mistake, but, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the way it usually goes for AC. I'll tell you what, if he figures it out, um, if he figures out that last aspect, of of his of his riding and his championship runs watch out i, I don't know if you can ever figure it out because it's, it's like that clumsy well like it the, is it is like the clumsy baby draft thing um <laughs> <laughs> but but the th- at, the, at the same time he is um maybe you know he just got on the 450 and i know he did it on the 250 as well oh, but yeah. he just got on the 450 he's gotten better he's gotten better um I think that once he is used to being up there um, on a very, very consistent basis, he won't have as many of those mistakes. Yeah, he's getting better. I mean, he hasn't. Uh, you gotta remember, this is still his rookie season. It is. It's still his rookie season. Not, a, not anymore. It was. It still. was. Yeah, <laughs> he just finished it up. But he, um, he's a great rider, and, and you know, uh, he can put that fastest lap down. He's got that. He just, it seems like he just always has that one little mistake, and and that's just typical AC, as, as we all know. But he, um, I think he'll get better with it. Um, hopefully he will, uh, for his sake, so if he can win some championships and, uh, and stuff. But uh, I just hope we don't, I hope we don't look back at his um, career in a light that we look at somebody like, um, like Kennard, somebody that always yeah. had that speed that always could potentially go, go make a run for a championship, but somebody that also always got hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fine with the tip overs in the corner. It seems like his tip overs are usually pretty, um, Mild. nonviolent. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Kennard looked like he destroys his, <laughs> himself whenever he, he had a, an accident. Yeah. Um, but, but I think uh, I think AC is definitely the future of the sport um, in the immediate term. But uh, like we go back to the other, what we were just saying a minute ago, like there's a lot of people coming up. You know, Chase, Chase Sexton's Sexton. not going to give him not going to give him any leeway because I think he's 
you know, both of those guys, I think I feel like you could look at both those guys and make a case for why why they will be multi multi time champions. Yeah. But they're both going to be the exact same error. Yeah, I mean, Chase Sexton comes out wins his first overall. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because any other weekend, those would have been the biggest stories: Chase yeah. Sexton and Jet Lawrence winning the the uh, overall. Um, their first overalls as rookies, uh, but the championship weekends always, always kind of uh, downplays uh, everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I tell you what, what was really cool, and I I've never seen it done before, was Chase Sexton's jersey with the Michael Jordan kind of style look to it. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I was, cause I was like, what is he wearing? And then I was I kept looking. I was like, oh, that's Michael Jordan's jersey. It's it's kind of like a. It was pretty cool. You a little bit of a tribute. Yeah. yeah, you really don't see that too often. Um, uh, I don't. I wonder if they'll throw any of those jerseys out for uh, for pickup or something, or if that's just a custom. Uh, oh, I'd say it's custom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if a lot of people like them, they'll start printing them. <laughs> uh, that's true. Who, who's who's his? Uh, what what um, brand does he run? I want to say sh- shift. I want to say shift. I think it's shift. Yeah, but I could be wrong. No, yeah, it is shift because it's Geico. He's a Geico guy still, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it went because he was still a Geico Honda. He just came up. Speaking and- of a Geico guy, what about Christian Craig this weekend? Yeah, that dude was riding probably the best I've ever seen him ride. That was that, they say that's just like his hometown track. That's where yeah. him and his son go out and ride all the time and and stuff. But it's it's amazing when you have support there at the track um how much your attitude changes a little bit um you know so you get a little different but that dude was that dude was like he was coming the first moto he was coming and the second moto he kept coming so you think he's a championship well no time out we're not going into that we're not going into that you guys will have to wait for that i mean he might not even have a ride next year for 450 so he's not going to be on for he's going back he's going to star next year Oh, is 250s. It? I missed that. Oh, Shane. man, so look at this. I, I got one on you. He's you going to Star 250s next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Star so. 250s. Wow. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So, But uh, back to the 450s, uh, Eli Tomac, um, that dude came on strong. I think he's going to be back to his regular self next year for Supercross and and uh, coming back and try to represent that, that championship. And um, he looks strong. I mean, that first moto, he, he dug deep. I think he used all of his energy in that first one. Um, never really got that flow back in the second moto, but uh, it was still good enough to get him on the podium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, I think it's clear as day that Eli probably took some time off in between seasons this year, and um, you know, having the baby, winning the championship, and uh, I don't think soup. I don't think motocross was ever his focus after after that supercross championship was wrapped up and i think he raced himself into shape and raced himself into um being ready to race this year uh and it shows you know he got better as the season went on um so i don't have any concerns with him going into next season uh being being the the favorite to win his uh second um supercross championship yeah um yeah i mean tomac's you know he's he's the man. Uh, to watch that dude ride and the the lines he takes outside to outsides to outsides and makes passes and you're just like, dude, how in the heck did he just do that? But hey, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out to him. I think he uh, I think he'll be back ready to go next year um, on that Kawasaki. And if you really think about it, back to Loretta Lynn's that mud race. You know he had a couple DNFs. Uh, well, not really DNFs. He finished like ninth. You know? Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, he was one of the ones that he was hoping for a uh, 
a 12 rounder, I think, because I, I, the way he came on into the strong of the series. And he may have been a little bit more serious, serious. about the last couple of rounds. Yeah. Um, uh, had he been able to, uh, to, to rely on those extra rounds at the end of the year. Yeah. So uh, I think he makes a, uh, um, a, a, a big return for next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we're at about an hour now, so we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Man, that was fast. That was fast. <laughs> it's always fun when you're, I mean, you know, time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you're racing this weekend, right? Coming I up? am. Um, we are racing the Mountain State fast Hair tracks. Scramble this weekend. <laughs> What's that? That's you're racing fast tracks, right? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> no, we got to go clear up to um, uh, Burlington, out past mm. Kaiser. Nice. So, yeah, it's a... It's a nice haul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I will say that the last time that we were up there this year, that was probably one of the funnest tracks that I rode all year. Um, it's not the same track, but, you know... Lay of the land is probably a lot, a yeah, lot similar. A lot of terrain, yeah. Um, so, as of as it as it stands right now, I have a five point lead in the championship. If you uh, um, if you knock everybody down to their best six rounds, because that's as many how many rounds I've competed in. Um, so, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, old girl can can make it to the end of the season. Um, yeah, no chicken. We'll make sure no chicken nuggets are getting made before. Yeah, no uh, chicken for nuggets race. before this race. Give you that Iron Man strength. Oh, man, I'm, I feel like I was extra strong, and that's how I <laughs> how I ripped that uh, steering stem in half pretty much last race. So uh, I'm gonna back it down a couple clickers on the <laughs> on the precision steering stabilizer, and uh, hopefully we can hopefully we can uh, have a good race this weekend and uh, see how we do. What yeah. are you into this weekend? Uh, going to fast tracks. It's, oh, shocker! It's, I know it, it's addicting. I tell you, you just know, always know what you're going to get there. Uh, it's usually a really nice track, and I tell you what, anyone that's ever thought about doing a GP, um, they're what they're doing this weekend, and it's this weekend only. I, I'm not sure if it's Saturday and Sunday or if it's just Saturday, um, but they said last round that if you've never raced there before, if you're never, if you've never been in their computer system in the last 16 years. In you, the last sixteen years, yes. oh, then I couldn't have gotten in free anyways because I, uh, I, uh, I didn't race there. I practiced there it, one time. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a different, a different um, okay. system. So, okay, as long as you're not in their system for a race, that they will let you race one class for free. Awesome. So, I mean, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, that's a pretty cool deal there. So, if you're looking for something to do and want to take a little drive up and get a little free race and uh, head all up to fast tracks, it's uh, it's a great time. Um, I enjoy it up there. My boy enjoys it up there. You can get um, all their information on the Facebook page, right? Yeah, go to the Fast Tracks uh, Facebook page, um, and they got all the information there, classes and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's where we'll be heading up, and uh, hopefully a good weekend. Yeah, I think that uh, this weekend should be a pretty fun weekend. Hopefully, God, I hope it rains a little bit between now and, uh, and the next race. I don't know if it's you know it might. I hope it doesn't because like. That's what's nice about fast tracks. They rip yeah, and then they got a water got truck. Water on water. Truck. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I want some uh, I want some rain so we can get so we get some tackiness and and some mud and just, you know just all just come that. to fast tracks. That's that's what we'll have. <laughs> <laughs> well, next year next year we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about fast tracks. I think next year you might see me there yeah. a little bit more and maybe a little bit less on yeah. uh, on other stuff. Uh, but um, well, I think that's about a wrap. And uh, anything, any last words? No. 
uh, anybody that's racing, good luck and uh, be safe. And we'll hear you. We'll hopefully you guys listen until next next week. All right, guys, and we're going to leave you with a surprise song. Perfect for perfect the the end of a of a beautiful podcast. That's right. See y'all later. Later, guys. Sing it, Brandon. Closing time. <laughs> turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here I know who I want to take me home